Tennessee ends the regular season in style, a mammoth win over Vanderbilt, not because of the opponent, but because of the score, 48-24, and Joe Milton responsible for six total touchdowns. That's how you finish. All you want to know about Tennessee Vanderbilt, plus some thoughts about moving forward, that and a whole lot more, it's your postcast edition of Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into your postcast edition of Locked On Vols, your team every single day. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Appreciate you every dayers for never missing a show. And when you do, getting caught back up throughout the week. Uh, for subscribing on uh, Locked On Vols YouTube channel. And, of course, we're so close to 10K. We're, the goal was uh, before the Vanderbilt game, but a bit ambitious, and that's okay. But let's get it before Christmas, guys. And, of course, wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, as I do, as I have all football season, uh, for, for the most cases, I've, uh, I'm going to do a postcast show right now. This is late on a Saturday night after uh, the final score from Tennessee and Vanderbilt. The final whistle blew 48-24. After I finish all my work for VolQuest.com and I got home, going to jump in the front of the camera for the next 15 minutes or so and kind of just talk about it. Again, as always, rule of thumb, this is before I go back and do the rewatch. This is kind of some raw emotion, raw thoughts, and uh, that's why I kind of like him. So I really do appreciate you guys for uh, tuning in, whether this be late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, Monday, whenever, and uh, kind of get these in order. We'll do the postcast, then we'll get into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then, hey, we're getting into full-fledged off-season mode, and I can't wait for it because this is when, as a content creator, you're really uh, kind of seeing how much you're worth, right? <laughs> if you can come uh, come together for a compelling show, but uh, more on that next week. Uh, Tennessee wins 48-24. to um, Story of the night, Joe Milton was incredible. And listen, I mean, there's been frustrations all year long. Joe's done some good things. Joe's done some bad things. Joe's played poorly. Joe's played inconsistent. Um, but I'll, I'll say this right now. I don't, I don't give a crap who you're playing against. I don't care what the, the, the Jersey numbers on that team over there. I don't care what the, um, you know, unranked ranked. I don't care what the record says you account for six total touchdowns in a football game. That's really good. That is really good. Yes. Vanderbilt is not Alabama. Vanderbilt is not Georgia. Uh, Vanderbilt is not Missouri. Vanderbilt is not Florida. Vanderbilt's bad football team. But Joe Milton finished his Tennessee career at Neyland Stadium in style. I do think Joe Milton at, at this time, of course, things can change, and I'll get into more of this, you know, as uh, as as this postcast postcast goes on. At this time, I do expect Joe Milton to play in the in the uh, bowl game, whatever it is. Um, he even answered a question in the postgame press conference, you know, talking about this year, and he said we got one more. So it kind of all but confirmed that he's going to play. You know, I, I I anticipate that right now, but of course, you know, we'll, we'll see as the coming days go on. Uh, not just for Joe, but for everybody. You know, college college football nowadays, you got opt-outs, you got guys uh, electing not to play in bowl games and all that. I do feel good about the Gator Bowl for sure uh, for Tennessee, but again, all that, you know, we'll talk about that this week. Uh, but Joe Milton was so good in his final game at Neyland Stadium, and, and good for him. Again, as we talked about on Friday's show, this is a guy that chose Tennessee twice. Has he been perfect? No, far from it. Um, has he annoyed fans? Has he frustrated fans? Absolutely. But for him to end his career at Neyland Stadium going for six touchdowns, he was just simply brilliant. Uh, 22 of 33 through the year, 383 yards, four passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. Um, 
goodness gracious, man. I mean, he was he was he was on fire. Um, his throw to McCallan Castles, in my opinion, his best throw of the game, and arguably one of his best throws of his of the season. Just a beautiful ball. I mean, he threw incredible touch, threw it right over the defender into McCallan Castles mitts there in the end zone. And that was a gorgeous. That was a second touchdown of a six touchdown day. Of course, got the got the uh, the party started with uh, a 56 yard passing catch to Ramel Keaton on the opening drive, uh, 10 yards to McCallan Castles in the first quarter, 34 yards to a wide open Jacob Warren where he had to avoid pressure, step up in the pocket, keep his eyes downfield, and deliver the football to Jacob Warren. So touchdown catches by both seniors, tight ends McCallan Castles and Jacob Warren, senior wide receiver Ramel Keaton. Um, Charles Campbell, the senior place kicker, knocked on uh, two field goals. You see Joe Milton ran for two two-yard touchdown runs. Ramel Keaton caught another 46-yard touchdown catch. And uh, it was just a senior party. Every point scored for Tennessee in this football game was courtesy of a senior in one shape or another. So that's great to see when you see it at senior day. Uh, but Joe Milton was incredible. Uh, Jalen Wright surpassed the 1,000-yard total, which was awesome to see. He did this on 136 carries on the season. That is incredible. I encourage you, now that the regular season is over, go look at college football's leaderboards. Go look at the rushing leaders. Go look at the rushing leaders around the SEC. See what they've accumulated on the ground, how many touchdowns they've done, and then go over and look and see how many carries that took them to do it on the season. There's a reason Jalen Wright leading, at least entering this past week, was leading FBS in yards per carry at 7.6. Um, he was he was awesome. That that number will go down slightly because he averaged 6.8 yards per carry, which is still really good. Uh, 75 yards on 11 carries was Jalen Wright. But uh, him getting to 1,000 yards is it's a huge mile marker, not only for him, but for this program. First time that's happened since 2015, Jalen Hurd. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned this earlier for, uh, for, for, for Joe Milton. I know I wrote about it and, um, I've mentioned it several times on a Saturday, but I can't remember if it's on this, on this postcast. Um, it's, it's on the bottom ticker. That's where it was. Anyway, I, while I'm thinking of stats and everything, Joe Milton, six touchdowns responsible for, that's the first time a Tennessee volunteer has been responsible for six total touchdowns since 2009, Jonathan Crompton against Memphis. Um, so a lot of things happening and, and, and really just kind of blowout fashion, but, but, but in style points here to end the regular season for Joe Milton and Jalen Wright. Offensive line was banged up, battered and bruised. Cooper Mays went down, had to shuffle some things around. You had Ollie Lane go back to center. Addison Nichols came in and played left guard. So that offensive line for the majority of the day was three tackles. Gerald Mincy came in and played up both left and right, but it was Gerald Mincy, Jeremiah Crawford, Dane Davis at the tackles, Addison Nichols, Jackson Lampley as your guards, and Ollie Lane as your center, and you still accumulated over 600 yards of total offense. Let's see her. Let's see her. 617 yards of total offense. Tennessee ran for 168. Tennessee threw for 300 and or 449, actually, because Nico got in there and did some things. And uh, so did Gassinor, though Gassinor Gass didn't complete a pass. Um, just great to see for Tennessee. And this is exactly how you'd want Tennessee to end the season. There was some brouhaha in there. Tyler Barron, um, he has not made it official. I'm not trying to break news here, but it is of my opinion that Tyler Barron is likely not playing in the bowl game. I said it in the game thread over at VolQuest.com. That's just my opinion. Um, that man played like he had nothing to lose. <laughs> okay, he played a good game. Um, he played chippy. 
and the whole brouhaha was going back to two plays earlier when the whistle was blown and, and he hit Ken Seals or AJ Swan. He hit AJ Swan. That should have been a penalty. The officials are the reason for that brouhaha. They a complete lack of control of this football game. Um, the officials were horrendous in that regard. So Tyler Barron should have been flagged for that. He wasn't. The very next play, James Pierce comes off the edge as fast as a cheetah and sacks the quarterback. There was more sacks that didn't count in this football game than I think I remember in quite some time. Incredible. Uh, but anyway, I, I didn't hear a whistle, and, and I'll have to go back and, and, and obviously tomorrow and watch the game and see if I can hear it. But uh, that was blown dead, but you know that was a sack. And then, of course, um, you had some pushing and shoving and all that, and then, and then everything gets going there that next play. And um, how there were no ejections in this football game is mind-blowing. I mean, Tyler Barron was getting into it with somebody. I believe jo they, flag they didn't flag Joshua Josephs, but he was getting into it with somebody. Bryce Neeson had a lay hit. Um, and, and certainly Vanderbilt as well, guys. I'm not saying it was just one-sided. Vanderbilt on one of the PATs for Tennessee, three players went headhunting. Um, and, and it's a lack of control by the officials. But, I mean, you saw some brawls here lately in the regular season. You saw a brawl with Mississippi State, Arkansas. You saw a brawl in the Egg Bowl. You saw a brawl at Tennessee Vanderbilt. I mean, what's it going to take to get somebody to get kicked out of this football game is what I'm wondering. Anyway, um, you know, you can go back and review everything because that, that's that's what happened for Juwan Jennings a couple years ago. But bottom line, Tyler Barron looked like who's going to be NFL bound. Uh, Tyler Barron looked like he had nothing to lose, <laughs> and uh, but he played a good game. All in all, Tennessee played a good game. Tennessee did exactly what it was supposed to, and it won in blowout fashion over a team that is not very good in Vanderbilt. What's this mean moving forward? What's coming up next? And eight and four, four and four. That's Tennessee's record, overall record, and SEC record. What's this mean? Let's have a quick conversation about it as we wrap up this postcast edition of the show right here on Locked On Balls. Do you want to tell you about our friends over at Game Time? Game Time, you shouldn't have to worry about where you're buying tickets for your next big event. Game Time's fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sporting events, but also your music events, comedy, theater near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seats, and the best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Why I like game time? Well, I mentioned the lowest price guarantee, which means if you can find cheaper tickets in your same section, they're going to refund you or give you a credit at 110% of that ticket value. That's not bad. Event cancellation protection, even job loss protection. So game time has your back for these unpredictable events sometimes. Um, you can see the view from your seat, so you know exactly what you're paying for. Plus, it's for the procrastinator. It's selling tickets at game time on the app up until an hour after the event begins. Download the game time app, create an account, use the promo code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On College. That's L O C K E D C O L L E G E for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. So, as always, we thank Game Time and also want to give a shout out to FanDuel. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on that action than right now because you can take part in the spreads, uh, the totals, over-unders. We love the overs here on Lockdown Balls because overs are fun. But you can bet on those unders as well if you need to. Plus, 
player props where you can specifically bet on a certain player to reach a certain plateau, maybe in the first quarter, maybe in a half, maybe in the game. That's kind of where I would start if you're new to FanDuel. That's just my opinion with the player props. But you can do it all over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season today. Again, new customers, $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off that NFL season today. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, guys, we've got a couple of minutes left here on this postcast edition of the show. I'll get into more details, scoring plays, Caner grade stats, all that and more. Um, rewatch notes all there on a Monday show for Tennessee and Vanderbilt. Tennessee did exactly what it was supposed to do, okay? Vanderbilt was a horrible football team. I said it all week long. One of the worst football teams I've seen on paper. Started 2-0 and with wins over Hawaii and Alabama A&M, and has since lost nine straight, make that 10 straight now after Tennessee gave them that loss, um, and, and was 0 for an SEC play, and Vanderbilt's going to go 0 for an SEC play this year. This is coming off a year where you had a little bit of momentum, right? You beat Kentucky, you beat Florida. Um, that was something, you know, reason to celebrate. I thought Clark Lee did a pretty nice job in 2022, but still lost the lost the re- the regular season finale 56 to nothing at the hands of Tennessee at home. So again, Vanderbilt has just gotten just pounced by Tennessee in back-to-back years to end the regular season. So my point is Vanderbilt's not a good team. Tennessee has been super inconsistent. Tennessee has not looked the part this year overall. A loss to Florida, which is inexcusable because Florida's not a good football team. A loss at Alabama where you led in the first half 20-7. to You just couldn't finish drives in the red zone. And then losses to Missouri, which was surprising because of the way you lost. It was so bad, 38-7 or whatever, 36-7, and then a loss to Georgia, 38-7 or whatever it was, and Georgia's the number one team in the country. So, again, two teams are kind of limping into this matchup, but Tennessee was still the overall better team and should have handled business. So, yeah, in the season 8-4, and 4-4 four, four four in SEC play, what can we make at Tennessee? We'll get into more of this as the week goes on, trust me, and I'll, I want to get your take on it as well. But now that the regular season is over, I still don't really know what to make of Tennessee. Is Tennessee a good team? I wouldn't say Tennessee's a good team. I think Tennessee is an average team. Um, and maybe that's harsh. Is eight and four average? Is six and six average? I don't think six and six is average. I don't think I think seven and five is slightly below average. I think eight and four is average. I think nine and three is above average. I think you have a ten win regular season. That's a, that's a good year. That's a really good year. And of course, if you win eleven games, get to the college football playoff, win an SEC championship, that is. A stellar year. Um, I don't think you guys have any issue with me saying that this was an average year for Tennessee. We won't talk disappointments and and all that type of stuff, individual players and all that. And we can we can save that for the first portion of the offseason. Because we're gonna go back and look at this in a microscope each and every game and, and kind of talk about you know what went right, what went wrong, and all that. But you know, eight and four is an average season. But I'll continue to say this, man. This is the fourth eight-win season, eight-win regular season since Philip Former was head coach. The second since 2016, of course, that last year, or that first time since 2016 was last year, and that was a magical season. My point is, this hasn't happened an awful lot. And something I'll go back to what I was talking with Brian with over Twitter DMs uh, last week. Man, if eight wins is the floor, <laughs> means you're doing something right. means you're doing something right. Josh Hopper was asked in his post-game press conference Saturday night, are you pleased with where the program is right now exiting year three? And he said, seeing where it was when I took over, seeing the progress we've made, seeing what we've accomplished, and seeing still how far we need to go, absolutely, absolutely I'm pleased with where the program is right now, and I would agree with them. I would agree with them. Um, you still got a ways to go, and that's on the field. That's coaching staff, in my opinion. That's recruiting. 
that's player development. You still got a ways to go, but the progress you've made has been really, really good. So I think this program's in a really, really good spot. At the end of the day, you go back and look at the Florida loss, and that's just inexcusable in my opinion. That's the one thing where you're just like, man, that is bad. Because your other losses, albeit blowout losses, the way you lost them, horrible second half at Alabama, horrible games overall at Missouri and at home against Georgia, that's losing to number one, eight, and nine in the college football playoff rankings entering this last weekend. I mean, it just is what it is. It's the Florida loss is inexcusable. So um, eight and four, I still... <laughs> I mean, is Tennessee a dominant running team? Well, it was at points and times this year. Is Tennessee a dominant pass rushing team? It was at points and times this year. Is Tennessee a, a sneaky good offense? It was at points in time, but overall it was not. Is Tennessee Was Tennessee much, much better on defense? It was at points and times this year, but then it took a couple steps back. So, again, I can't wait to take a look at this through a magnifying glass and kind of figure it all out. Um it, it's really kind of hard to, to determine what Tennessee was this year. But at the end of the day, as Josh Hopple's got me saying that phrase now, at the end of the day, because that's one of his favorite phrases, eight and four, four and four, you take that. And know that it can be better, but you take that for sure, because it has been a lot worse. And I'm not, set, I'm not saying settle for mediocrity. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying in the last 15 years, it has been so much worse. And so if this is the floor. You take it and you move on. You expect better. Um, this year wasn't fantastic, but it ended on a high note. A little frustrating that Joe Milton waited to his last game at Neyland Stadium to play like this. Still got one game to go. Can't wait to break down that bowl game. Can't wait to discuss the matchup on whoever it is. Can't wait to talk about all that type of stuff. But let's be honest with this. I mean, the regular season is gone now. You know, points and times this week as we get, as we venture on throughout the week, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll start the turn to off-season mode. We'll, we'll put this Vanderbilt game behind us and turn to off-season mode. And, um... You know, a lot of newsy stuff. Which players are running the transfer portal? Which of the COVID super seniors are electing to come back and electing to leave? Which players are going to be attracted to Tennessee via the transfer portal? And where does Tennessee finish in the class of 2024 recruiting rankings? All that is going to consume the month of December. So we're going to be excited about the bowl game. We're going to be looking forward to the bowl game. But we're also going to be doing a lot of newsworthy stuff and how that impacts Tennessee's roster moving forward. So I can't wait. December is not the regular season. I hate that the regular season is over. I hate the football season is over. It's gone the blink of an eye. I'm going to miss it. I love football. And I know you do too. But this month of December is going to be fun. So if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, just because the season's over, we're just getting started here on Lockdown Ball. Tennessee finishes the way it needs to with style. Quarterback played elite in this football game. Your running back got to 1,000 yards on the season. A lot to celebrate here on Senior Day for Tennessee. Final score, 48-24 to over the little brother, which is the Vanderbilt Commodore. Shout out Matthew Osborne. Had to slide that in there for you. I'm going to continue to look at this uh, Matt, this uh, game. Scoring plays, Caner stats and grades, rewatch notes, all that and more on a Monday show. Mailbag questions. Get those in for Tuesday's show. Appreciate you guys as always. Have a blessed rest of your Sunday, and we'll talk to you in tomorrow.